Uh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity being here. Thank you uh, for Dr. Getch and uh, Brother Shepherd for allowing me to come here and take off my mask and preach. Okay. I wish I could say you could do the same, but it's not going to work that way. <coughs> uh, it, it's great to be here. If you turn your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 5, uh, we want to look at a passage. We don't have very much time. Uh, the passage really would require uh, quite much more time to cover, but we're just going to cover as much as the Lord gives us time for. Uh, the beginning of the second term. Yay! How did everybody's classes go so far? All right, good, good. Well, we're looking forward to a good another term. I'm looking forward to my Greek class in seven weeks. Yay! All right. I didn't hear too much excitement with that one. I don't know what it was. Okay. Matthew chapter 5, uh, we want to look at uh, verse 38 uh, through 42. We'll read that in just a moment. But in these last few months, we really have noticed uh, many people uh, shouting and at times uh, expressing violence, uh, trying to get their message across about some things that concern them. Uh, they, they shout about things such as justice, how we want justice. Uh, in the face of what seems to be police brutality. Uh, a lot of people are saying, it's my right uh, not to have to wear a mask. Um, others are saying it's unfair that the government uh, is closing businesses down. And you think about America as founded upon uh, the principles of freedom and, and justice, uh, and our government is there to uh, ensure that we have these rights. And it's important that we do have rights, that we have the freedom of religion, that we can come and we can worship God uh, without any restrictions whatsoever. But our text this morning seems to say the opposite. It seems to talk about how we should accept injustice, how we should willingly allow our freedoms to be restricted, and that how unfairness should prevail. Uh, kind of strange for us in the situation that we're dealing with in our uh, country this time. And this is not how we should treat others, but it's how we should allow others to treat ourselves. Uh, that we should not attempt to take these rights, we should not attempt to try to uh, deal with freedom uh, apart from situations that God has provided for us. And so because of the, the seeming contradiction between uh, what our society is really founded upon uh, and what scripture says, this scripture has been uh, misinterpreted, misapplied, misused, abused so much uh, that I think it's important for us to take some time to look at this and really understand what is the Christian's role to when uh, somebody tries to restrict our freedom, uh, what is our role when uh, injustice is done to us? How do we respond to those situations? Uh, and so I want to look at the scripture here. Uh, and it's a familiar passage to us. I, I really um, always try to find a passage that nobody else is going to preach on because I don't want somebody to steal my message the, the Sunday before I have to preach it. But Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. And let's all stand together as we're reading the Word of God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. It says, You have heard it has been said, uh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. Let's, let's say that part together, uh, the part where it says, but whosoever, okay? But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. 
Now, is that something that makes you feel warm and fuzzy all over? No, it's something that's just the opposite in the way that we feel. Verse 40, if any man will sue thee uh, at the law and take away thy coat, let him have also thy cloak. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, uh, turn, thou, uh, turn not thou away. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we know that your, your word is true. We know, Lord, that these are words that you have given us that we should live by. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you help me as I preach. Uh, Lord, let me not water down this message, but Lord, help me to be able to communicate exactly what uh, these students, uh, these faculty members, these staff members uh, need to hear about the scripture. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would guide the students, help them to uh, not only hear, but to also receive and accept the word uh, that's been preached to them. And Lord, we do love you. We do thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. And of course, this scripture is coming from a, a portion of scripture that we know as the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it's a time where Jesus is trying to establish for the people uh, what the principles of those that are waiting the establishment of the kingdom should be. Uh, and it's a time when we need to realize that there are um, ways that we need to act that may be different than how our society acts. Uh, we need to be not only receivers of the grace of God, but we also need to be dispensers of the grace of God. Uh, and in the short time this morning, I want to do two things. One is I want to try to explain to you uh, what Jesus is, is teaching with this portion of his sermon. Uh, but then I want to also try to apply this using some of the application that he gives us in the sermon uh, and try to put it into a situation that we uh, can recognize. Now, all of us can relate to injustice that's been done to us, things that maybe restrict our freedoms. Uh, I, I think of um, many of you probably have been in the lunch line and somebody's cut in front of you. How dare they, you know? Right. Uh, you have pizza from the previous night, you put, in the or you put it in the refrigerator, and what happens next morning? It's gone. Outrageous. Why should that happen? Uh, you stop for a stop sign, and, and you're clearly there first, but somebody else comes along, uh, and they go in front of you. Uh, it, it's just shameful. Uh, the instructor did not give you the grade that your paper deserved. Just despicable, right? Hey, my, oh, I better calm down. We might have a riot here in our hands in a moment. <laughs> All right. A and this passage follows the pattern that Jesus has been, been using where he goes to the Old Testament, uh, makes a reference to an Old pa uh, Testament passage, and then goes in and makes an application uh, to the people that he's dealing with at this time. A and so the, the message is going to be three points, uh, maybe two if we don't have enough time. Uh, but the first one is going to be the command of Jesus, the command from the Old Testament. Uh, so what does the Old Testament say? And, and then the second point is the clarification from the Savior. So what is Jesus saying to the people uh, in clarification to some of maybe the, the misapplying of that scripture from the Old Testament? And the third is the conduct of the believer, the conduct of the believer. So how should we act in light of this Old Testament truth that's been clarified by the Lord Jesus Christ and, and now applied to those that are awaiting the, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, the, the command from the Old Testament starts out, so verse uh, 38 is where we start, uh, and the command from the Old Testament comes out, and it says, ye have heard that it's been said, and Jesus has used this uh, same pattern several times before by talking about murdering and committing adultery, and he says, uh, you have heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. 
this is something that comes from the Old Testament. It's not, uh, a te- it's not one of the Ten Commandments, but uh, it is one of the 613 commandments that, that, Jesus, or, or that God had given to the children of Israel at that time. Um, and it is talking about the fact of how law should be done. This is uh, also called uh, the Lex, tele- uh, te- uh, <laughs> lex uh, Telionis. Okay, the lex telionis, that's a Latin term, which basically means that punishment needs to resemble uh, the offense committed in kind and degree. Uh, That punishment uh, must uh, resemble the offense in kind and degree. That's uh, really the foundation of a lot of our law that we have. And so there's an argumentation uh, about this law. So uh, what is this law? Why did Jesus go back and refer to this? And and what was the, the sense in which God gave this law? Well, first of all, uh, that it was to restrict retaliation uh, to fit the crime. Uh, restrict retaliation to fit the crime. Uh, I don't have time to go all the way back there, but if you just write down Genesis chapter 34, uh, we have Dinah, who is the, the daughter of Leah. Remember that she was, um, she was raped by Shechem, a, hit, uh, a Hivite, uh, and her brothers come in and trick them uh, into being circumcised, and then they don't just kill uh, Shechem, who raped their daughter, or their, their sister, uh, but they go and wipe out the whole village of all the males. Uh, so it was a, a, a justice they, they did was way exceeded really what the original crime was. And so the purpose of this law that God was giving was to try to make sure that the punishment fits the crime and doesn't go over uh, the, the crime. Uh, the religious leaders of Jesus' day were taking this, this same rule uh, and they allowed legalized vengeance. Uh, and we know that vengeance is the Lord's, uh, and it's not mine, and so, uh, again, it's misapplied, misinterpreted. Uh, it was a way of showing mercy in a r- very merciless society. It limited r- the retaliation, um, and sometimes what happens is uh, we have a selfish overaction to something that's been unjustly done to us, uh, that if somebody's done something against us, what happens is we want to go in, and we don't want to just take vengeance. We want to go in, and we want to make sure that, that we... Uh, overly go in and take care of it so that we get our right done and we make sure that everything's taken care of. But that's not what God wanted. He wanted to make sure that the punishment fit the crime. And second, uh, this was to be a warning to others. Uh, So if there were others that were going to be committing this crime, uh, the punishment should be a deterrent for those that might go and commit it. Uh, It's interesting that Martin Luther King and Gandhi both um, take this same law uh, and they don't like it. Uh, And the reason for this is that uh, if we practice an eye for an eye, and this is what they say, if we practice an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, uh, soon the world will be blind and toothless. (laughs) That's a joke, okay? (coughs) And if you take it to the extreme, yes, it could be. If if nobody learns from uh, this law, if nobody learns from the punishment, but uh, the purpose for this is to be a deterrent, uh, that ungodly behavior should be done away with in uh, the, the people of God. Uh, that there should be no ungodly behavior, and if somebody commits something and there's punishment, uh, it's to be a deterrent that others would not follow in the same suit that way. And, and so the application law I- is one thing that we have to understand, that this was not a law that if you did A, then B would happen to you automatically. Uh, it was something that was given to the law courts to say that this is what um, can be done. This is the punishment that you can dish out, but you can have grace. You can have mercy on a, p- a certain person. And you think about Jesus, in John chapter 8, there's a woman who's caught in adultery. Uh, The punishment for adultery was stoning. Uh, And the religious leaders bring her to Jesus and say, here, (coughs) 
Uh, she's been com she committed adultery. Uh, the punishment is stoning her. Basically, go at it. Uh, take care of her. Uh, and though Jesus goes and writes in the, the sand probably their sins, and one by one, they leave. And so what's left is Jesus and this woman, um, and they didn't condemn him because they were guilty of their own sin. Jesus, who is sinless, uh, did not uh, condemn her. He said, go and sin no more because he was not taking and just directly applying this. He had the mercy uh, on this woman uh, that she would not go and continue to sin. So, so in light of this, it was something that was given not to personal vengeance, but it was given to the courts to know how they should handle uh, a situation where if this happens, this is what should happen. If you've done this, uh, then you should be receiving punishment in like manner with that. So that was the Old Testament command. Uh, secondly, the clarification of the Savior. So what does Jesus say to clarify this with those that are listening to the Sermon on the Mount? Look at verse 39. But I say unto you, so Jesus here is speaking, but I say unto you uh, that you resist not evil. That you resist not evil. Let's all say it together. Resist not evil. Now, uh, again, this is, again, where you have some times where people um, misunderstood this, took this out of context, uh, but we have to understand this in light of other scriptures, in light of what Jesus was trying to convey, uh, and it's important for us to understand that Jesus in no way was destroying the law of God, uh, that Jesus came, and if you can look at verse um, 17 of Matthew chapter 5, it says, think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I've not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So Jesus was not destroying law. He wasn't saying, you know, this is not the way you should do it. Uh, here's my way. It's better. No. Uh, what he was trying to do is he was trying to clarify the law, trying to clarify what was happening with this. Uh, and the confusion is the, the terms resist not evil. Now, the key word here is uh, anthistemi is the Greek word. Uh, it means to stand against or to resist uh, and what Jesus was saying was, don't stand against or oppose evil, which, uh, uh, again, to us, it, it's contrary to what our thinking is. Uh, we're to stand up for evil, and, and that's not what he's saying here, because, again, we can look at other scriptures to help us to understand what he meant. So, so one thing he didn't mean uh, is that we should allow evil to continue unopposed. Uh, if something evil is happening in our society, uh, in our churches, in our families, wherever it might be, that we need to oppose evil. Um, and that's something that we see Jesus did. Uh, Jesus overturned the money, taper, uh, money changers' tables. Uh, he was opposing the evil that was being done in the temple of God. Um, he spoke against the officer and the high priest that slapped him uh, for a statement that he made against the high priest. Um, you see the apostle Paul, um, he resisted evil. In Acts chapter 16, he says, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, uh, and have cast us into prison. And now uh, do they thrust us out privately? Uh, nay, verily, let them come themselves and fetch us out. Uh, so Paul was saying, you know, hey, an evil has been done for us, uh, and we're not going to stand for it. Uh, and so what Jesus is not saying is let's let evil come. Let's let it keep on going. Um, in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, uh, abhor that which is evil. That's what the scripture tells us. And so we have to understand what Jesus is saying in light of the rest of scripture. So what did he mean by that? Uh, he meant that we need to have proper response to evil acts done to us personally. We need to have proper response to evil acts that are done to us personally. Uh, we are not to seek revenge to those who have done evil to us. And again, he's not referring to a civil matter. If somebody uh, does some bodily harm to you or a relative of yours, this is not saying, oh, uh, don't, don't pursue the law after this. It's not talking about that. 
this is talking about personal revenge. Uh, let the civil courts do what they need to do, but, but what about us as Christians? How do we respond to those that, that may stand against our uh, Christian liberties? Uh, if we say that we stand for Jesus, then they come against us because of it. How do we respond to that? Um, and again, one thing we have to understand is uh, that vengeance is the Lord's. So no matter what happens in my life, I know that God's going to have uh, the vengeance on that. I, I don't have to worry about it myself. Uh, it, it, nobody's going to go unpunished. Um, the, the judgment time is coming. The great white throne judgment is going to come. But you know what? Even if uh, somebody does something evil against me and, and they get saved, praise God, because they're seeing the light. They're living in darkness right now. So how can they know what the light is? How can they know what to do because they're living in darkness? Uh, we need to shine the light for them. Uh, and so vengeance is mine. Uh, evil, um, <coughs> Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 21, uh, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's essentially what Jesus is saying. Uh, resist not the evil. He's saying, uh, don't let evil overcome you because what happens is we go in, re we retaliate, uh, and so we do more evil than uh, good by retaliating against the evil that's there. Uh, God is just, and he will repay those uh, that deserve. Um, and <clears throat> there's no license for personal revenge. Um, so as we look at this scripture, uh, we see Jesus is helping us to understand this. And, and I think uh, as you look at the Sermon on the Mount, he gives some clues to help us to better understand this. Uh, turn back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Uh, let's say verse 16 together. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And, and once again, I think that helps us to understand what Jesus is saying. Resist not evil. Let your light shine. If somebody does evil to you, don't think you have to retaliate because God's going to take care of it. What we need to do is we need to make sure that we're people of God uh, that show the love of God no matter what anybody does against us. Uh, and that's going to let our light shine. Um, if we retaliate, we're just doing what the world does. If we just love the people that love us, everybody does that. How does that make us any different? What makes us different is that we can love our enemies uh, because God gives us a love uh, it, that enables us to love even our enemies. Uh, you can't do it in your own strength. You need God to help you with that. So uh, let me very quickly go into uh, the application that Jesus gives to us. So what is the conduct of the believer? What is the conduct of the believer? Well, Jesus gives us four scenes uh, to demonstrate the proper application of this teaching uh, in the world today. And, and the first one deals with dignity. Uh, the, the idea of accepting uh, physical injury. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 39, says, uh, in the second part says, Whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And again, I wish I could take more time to go into it, but, but in that culture, uh, slapping a person in the face was a great big insult. A and just think about this. If I'm right-handed, I'm going to slap their left cheek. But to sla slap the right cheek is even more insulting. Uh, and so 
This is saying if, if somebody gives you a great insult, <coughs> turn to them the other cheek also. Don't retaliate. Don't try to slap them. Um, the idea of the, the forgiveness is something that God wants us to do. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. A and I think we can learn from what Jesus did. Uh, remember that Jesus gave his back to the smiters, uh, his cheek to them that plucked off his hair. Uh, so if Jesus uh, did not retaliate, even though he could have called down 10,000 angels to, to take care of all those Roman soldiers that were around him, uh, he didn't do it. And he provides us with an example. Uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Uh, so we can allow God to do his work. Um, Peter sums it up uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, says, For even hitherto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow in his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. Uh, when suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Uh, so again, we have to do really what Christ gave us the example to do. Turn the other cheek. Let's all say this together. Turn the other cheek. Is that easy? No. It's not very easy to do. But you know what? What is impossible with man is possible with God. All things are possible with God, and, and God can give us the help with it. So uh, the first thing we have is our dignity. If, if somebody takes our dignity and, you know, maybe they call us a name, or maybe they make fun of us by, because of how we look or how we dress, don't retaliate against them. Share the love of God with them. Shine your light uh, that it doesn't matter. They, they see that there's something different in you. Uh, next, we have a, a situation of security, uh, that we can accept property, uh, uh, property injury. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 40 uh, says, If any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Now, the coat was the inner garment. The cloak was the outer garment. Uh, and the, the cloak was something that they would use for pillows and carrying things and various things like that. Um, and Jesus here says, if they take your, your inner garment, give them your other garment as well. Now, the, the situation here, it, it seems that the person uh, had an offense, that, that the, the Christian did something against the non-Christian uh, that was worthy for them to take it to court. And so the non-Christian wins the verdict. Uh, and the verdict was to get your, your coat. If a person was per, poor, uh, they didn't have any money to give, so they would give their clothing. Uh, and so in this case, Jesus is saying, no, don't just give uh, your coat, or don't just give your, your uh, coat, give your cloak also. Uh, give them everything. Uh, be willing to suffer wrong. Uh, if, somebody do, if I do something wrong for somebody else, I, I don't want to just kind of stand up and say, well, I've got my rights. Uh, I want to more than willingly say I was wrong. Uh, if you're at work, uh, and your boss accuses something, and maybe you're not working as hard as you should have been. Uh, make up for it by working much more harder the next time to make sure that that, that accusation does not come against you as well. Um, just hurrying on, uh, the third one is liberty. Uh, accepting forced burden. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Uh, so you have uh, an occupying country, the Roman Empire, took and was occupying the land that God had given to the nation of Israel. And to, to make matters worse, the Roman soldiers could go in and pull somebody aside and say, I want you to carry my armor for a mile. <coughs> so just think about Russia or China coming in here and invading our country, 
And then there's soldiers coming and pulling us aside. Hey, you need to carry my, my uh, equipment for a mile. What Jesus says is even if that's happening, go another mile. Go the extra mile because of that. Um, and you think about this, uh, Simon of Cyrene was compelled to carry Jesus' cross. It's the very same thing that was happening there. And <coughs> remember that, that sometimes we have our rights, and sometimes our rights will be taken away from us. Uh, but we have to understand our primary concern is reaching people for Jesus Christ, isn't it? It, it doesn't matter about my rights if, I'm l- if people are not coming to know Christ as their Savior. Sometimes my rights may need to be restricted. Now, there's sometimes when we have to fight for rights, but my personal rights sometimes may need to be restricted uh, in order for me to shine my light uh, to a darkened world. Remember what the Lord did for us. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Whom his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sin uh, should live unto righteousness by whom stripes you were healed. Christ bore our sins, and, and so we can bear any uh, restriction of our freedom because of what Christ has done for us. And <clears throat> the, the last point has to deal with property, uh, with the idea of borrowing and lending, and I apologize for not having much more time to develop this. But verse 42 says, Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, uh, turn now thou away. Now, turn, <coughs> excuse me, uh, turn not thou away. Now, it's important to understand that this doesn't mean that every single beggar that's out in the street that's asking for money, give them money, okay? Uh, There are people that do that professionally. Uh, There's a group in Palmdale that has pictures of a little girl uh, that they say died, and they're raising money for her funeral. Um, That's a scam, (laughs) and we have to be aware of that, and we have to understand uh, that we have to take and use what God has given us with discretion. Psalm 112 verse 5 says, a, a man showeth favor and, and lendeth, uh, he will guide his affairs with discretion. In other words, we have to have God's wisdom to know when to help somebody and, and when to refrain from helping somebody in a situation, that we need to be wise in doing this. Uh, and, and so we need to have God's help with this, but, but if we have ability to help somebody else that's in need, uh, even somebody who's a non-Christian, uh, we can share the love of Christ with that person. Uh, giving to that person uh, some mercy, some grace, some love that maybe they've never seen in their life. Uh, And it's important for us to understand that (coughs) God gave so much to us, and and he has entrusted us. Remember that what we have is not ours. We're just stewards of what God has given to us. And and so we don't need to take what we have. I know as college students you don't have anything at this point. But when you do get something, uh, don't treat it as your own. It's the Lord's. Uh, and so if the Lord directs me to do something, to, to help somebody else who's less fortunate, by all means, do so. Uh, allow the Lord to guide you with this and use the wisdom that God can give to you. So for believers, we need to live a distinctively Christian life. We, we cannot live a life just like everybody else. We have to show people there's something different about a Christian, and that difference is what God does for us. It's not us, but what God does for us and does through us as well. Um, it, it's, it's hard enough to love your neighbor, but we're called to love our enemies. Uh, and we can only do that through what God allows us to do. Uh, God doesn't just ask us to do what's easy. He, does, he asks us to do what's impossible. But he is able to do the impossible through us. And so we can't look at this as saying, uh, how can I do this? With God, all things are possible. Um, uh, John Henry uh, Jowett said, ministry that costs nothing 
accomplishes nothing. Ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. And, and I think that's so important. And, and that's really what this is all about. It's, it's about our ministry. It's letting our light shine. When somebody does some, something unjust or tries to take away our freedoms, if we don't retaliate, but we love them in the Lord, that's going to make a difference in their life. We may not be able to see that person saved at that point, but you know what? You're planting a very, very powerful seed in their life uh, that God is going to use and, and uh, allow that seed to grow and, and, and produce fruit of salvation, that person. And, and so that's what we need to make sure of. And, and so let me ask you, are you overcoming evil with good or are you overcoming evil with evil? How are you living your life today? Uh, think about your dignity. Uh, when somebody insults you, do you lose your temper? Uh, what about your security? If you've, if you've done wrong, are you willing to accept the consequence and even making up more so for your action? What about your liberty? Are you willing to give up your liberty to show the love of Christ? Uh, are you doing enough to satisfy your job requirements or is there much more that you could be doing? What about your property? Uh, are you holding on to your possessions as your own or do you really believe that they belong to Christ? How bright is your light shining in the dark world around you? 